wouldn't it be weird if we just like, I don't know, put it on Airbnb and everybody together said, no. We, we howled. We howled yes. at her. So yes. that is the worst idea I've ever heard. Literally, this is the worst <laughs> idea ever. And it was kind of like, you know, my first idea. Welcome to Behind the Stays, a podcast that shares the stories behind your favorite Airbnbs and the hosts who've made them memorable. Behind the Stays is brought to you by Sponstaneous, a free weekly newsletter that brings you a carefully curated list of last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. Sign up at Sponstaneous.com. I'm your host, Zach Cruz. Enjoy the show. In just a moment, you'll meet Ala and Garrett Hone the creators of The Honestead, which is a mini glamping resort featuring a collection of tiny cabins about 20 minutes from Missoula, Montana. Garrett's father had always dreamed of buying a plot of land that the whole extended family could enjoy. So when he stumbled upon over 100 acres of untouched Montana forest for sale, he knew it was time to pull the trigger. So he called Garrett and Ala, who were living in South Korea, and asked if they were in. And in they were. The following summer, the couple built a small, rustic structure with recycled materials on the property that they dubbed the Shanty. And it wasn't long before Ala asked Garrett and the rest of the family a question that would change their lives forever. What if we listed the Shanty on Airbnb? Everyone thought she was crazy. Tune in to hear the compelling story of how the Hone family built an incredibly unique oasis of tiny cabins that hundreds of guests from all over the world have since come to enjoy. Without further ado, get ready to meet Ala and Garrett. Hey everybody and welcome to the show. I am sitting down today with Ala and Garrett, who are all the way in Korea right now. It is 10.30 p.m. their time and 7.30 a.m. Well, I guess it's now 8.17 a.m. my time. Um, <laughs> and I think this is like, this This has to be the interview with like the most significant time zone uh, difference that I've, <laughs> that I've ever done. So um, I'm excited to chat with you both today and hear a little bit about your story. So I want to kick things off with uh, you all giving our listeners a little bit of context as to who you are, what you do, uh, why we're even having this conversation. And <laughs> the way I'd like to, the scenario I'd like to throw it at, at, out at both of you is you're sitting on an airplane, the person next to you asks who you are and what you do for a living. And they're not the kind of individual that, you know, wants to chat the entire flight, but they're also not going to let you get away with like a quick answer. Right. Uh, you, you know, the type, right? Um, so how, how do you respond and how do you tell them about who you are and, and what you do? And, uh, Ala, let's start with you. All right. Well, uh, my name is Ala, Ala Panamariva and, uh, from the name, you can guess that I'm Russian. So I was born in Odessa, Ukraine. Uh, my family moved to Delaware, and I went to school uh, in Delaware uh, and graduated with a uh, degree in communication. Um, I've always wanted to travel, so I decided kind of on a whim to go to South Korea all by myself uh, back in 2008 to teach English, and uh, I had no teaching experience at all. So uh, my life changed completely when I got here. In a couple of months, I met my husband, Garrett. And uh, yeah, that was about 11, 12 years ago. 
And since then, I had we traveled a lot, so we are quite experienced travel travelers. Um, also, I, uh, I started my travel blog. Um, I taught myself photography, mm. and about five years ago, uh, we started our Airbnb resort in Montana. Wonderful. And uh, what about you, Garrett? And then and then I'll have follow up questions for both of you. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go the opposite direction. I'm gonna go like kind of single serving friend, kind of Fight Club style. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, I love it. I guess uh, yeah. I'm, I'm a third English teacher, a third Airbnb host, and like the other third of the time, uh, we travel internationally and just kind of like think and prepare uh, how to make our homestead resort a little bit better. So um, I'm a pretty simple dude. Um, I like playing ice hockey and drinking beers and uh, just having a good laugh. Yeah. Uh- Wow, wonderful. And so what do your families think about you all living in Korea, right? I mean, I mean it's one thing to go abroad for like a year and do a little bit of, you know, uh, teaching here and there. But I mean, 10, 11 years, that's that's a that's a commitment, right? Like, that's a long time. You guys don't look that old. That must be a significant right, <laughs> amount of your life. And so it's the what kimchi. <laughs> yeah, it's the kimchi. Uh, so what? Yeah. What do your families think about uh, you living so far away? Of course, for uh, for both of us, we never like we never planned, we never anticipated that we would be here for this long. Um, like my side of the family just thought that I was um, just happy to have a job. Mm. I couldn't really get a job um, straight out of university, so I was just happy, you know, somebody gave me an opportunity. And uh, it was it was bizarre because even my like Korean friend uh, from high school was like, "Oh, I don't think you should go. You know, you don't have any teaching experience." I'm not sure what kind of job you're going to get get into as a Russian girl. And I was like, it's going to be okay. <laughs> and it was. And, you know, it has been great um, this whole time. And um, our families are just nothing but supportive. They, they see it's really helpful for us. You know, we save money. We travel a lot. Uh, we grow ourselves. We travel. We, you know, start new ventures. And uh, it's, it's amazing. I would say uh, for me, it was I, so many people start. It's going to be one year. I'm just going to do it for a year. I'm going to see if I like it, whatever. And uh, the years keep piling on, but we got great jobs. And it's not like we're out here indefinitely. Uh, we come home for about two and a half months in the summertime. So we've been pounding away at the homestead stuff for three months for the last 10 years. So, um, you know, like people kind of think, oh, wow, you know, you don't go home for stretches on end. It's like, well, I'm always home every nine or 10 months. And, you know, there are people in the U S that don't go home, home to their hometowns for, you know, nine or 10 months. So, uh, realistically, I probably see my parents uh, more than my sister does. And she lives in the U S so. Yeah. um, It's funny how that happens. Right. And, and, you know, when you do go back, you're there for such an extended period of time that you're spending probably more quality time with the people that you love than if you were, you know, going home annually for the holidays, right? Um, Mm, So that's super, super interesting. Uh, Well, where one of the ways that I source guests for our show is I I go to Airbnb's Instagram, I scroll through uh, their, uh, their posts, and I see who they've tagged in their posts and like what homes that they featured. And that's how I stumbled upon you all. And then what I do is I DM the host and I say, hey, I have this podcast. I'd love to get you on. You clearly have a noteworthy stay. If Airbnb has featured you, I'd love to hear a little bit more about the story behind the space. 
And um, again, that's how that's how we connected. And I, I'd love to just hear a little bit about the the location uh, that the Homestead cabins are located on, and like what makes that place so special. You guys are living in Korea, but you own this uh, uh, Airbnb, you know, mini resort, if you will, in Montana, right? There's there's a lot of like contradiction even in just that. So help us understand why they're located where they are, and what is kind of significant about the surrounding area. Uh, sure. So it all kind of started off um, in a very humble fashion. Uh, there was nothing on the land when it was purchased about 10 years ago. Um, there were no cabins, no electricity. There were not even roads. <laughs> so, yeah, it was definitely very like humbling in the beginning because like I'm a city person and being out there, I felt very out of my comfort zone. Mm. But you know, over the past couple of years, we've been like learning and teaching or I guess learning from our father, he was in construction for 30 years. Uh, we've been just kind of DIYing a lot of things and you know, YouTubing, how do you do this? How do you fix that? Fix that? And um, it's just beautiful. It's a very, very gorgeous piece of land. It's 130 acres of wow. lush you know, Montana forest. And it's about 25 minutes from the city, from Missoula. And uh, at first we thought that it would be too remote, too secluded. The guests uh, wouldn't appreciate it, but we were so wrong. <laughs> Everybody mm -hmm. loves it. Yeah. And uh, we also have a lot of um, like nature forward activities that we have put together, like scavenger hunt and homestead Olympics. And huh. guests just go crazy for those things. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, weird. When we bought the property 11 years ago, actually, uh, my parents wrote to us and we were in Korea, uh, like our second or third year. And um, the goal was always to kind of uh, put together our money and buy a big piece of land, my sister, uh, me and my parents. And they looked for 10 years. They must have looked at 100 properties across Montana. And it's always that, that like special angle that the realtors got. Look at this, but don't look at this. And uh, we looked at some really, really terrible places. <laughs> uh, and it's like one thing to look at places that are kind of like misrepresented, but it's another thing to drive five hours in one direction yeah. to look at something that's horribly misrepresented. So uh, we got our hopes up a bunch of times. And um, we were in Korea at that time. And my parents said, we found the one. Are you in? And so we're like, yeah, we got the money. Uh, let's do it. So we bought ours sight unseen. Wow. Pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah, it was super exciting. So we sat on it for a year before we ever even got to see it, which is really uh, interesting and just kind of atypical, kind of like how our jobs are atypical and how we spend our vacations are atypical. But uh, when we bought 11 years ago, like a lot of people thought we were kind of nuts because it was so isolated. But if you flash forward now, uh, the real estate in the American West has gone batshit and uh, toss in a, yeah, toss in a pandemic and people think our place is like the ideal heaven. So, so, uh, so hilarious how all of that works. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, we're just, we're, we love the ride and like, we don't say no to anything. We just kind of keep our options open hmm. and, uh, try to look at the positive stuff and not, you know, try not to swim upstream when it comes to things and kind of take it as it goes. And, just, uh, yeah, you know, play to the advantage of certain things. And and definitely a huge, huge emphasis on the fact that mom and dad knew exactly what they were looking for. Yeah. And they wouldn't set, settle for anything less. And they've been looking for such a long time. Um, they moved from Michigan to Montana about 20, 25 years ago. And that has been their dream is just to have a plot of land 
whether on grid or off grid, they didn't care. They were going to put in the time and the hard work and they just wanted to be close to their family. Wow. And it all came together in a beautiful fashion. That's amazing. <laughs> so, I mean, was the intention always to build properties that would then be rented out on Airbnb or another short-term rental service? Or like, how did the idea, uh, you guys are shaking your head, so I, I guess that's a no. <laughs> so how did, how did the idea of actually building this like, what I would call sort of this like mini like glamping like resort. Uh, yeah, we like it. We can go with that. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> um, how did this idea like come about? Like, were your families in the hospitality business at all? Uh, were they entrepreneurs at all? Like, nope. okay, nope. great. So, so how? how <laughs> explain this to me. You buy this incredible plot of land in beautiful Montana. And it's clearly been a goal, a family goal for a while. But it's one thing to buy land and then, you know, build a nice big house, uh, a lodge for the family. It's a completely different thing to build a bunch of mini little homes to then rent out to people on Airbnb. So walk us through that story. Like, how did this come about? All right. So I guess uh, mom and dad just, you know, started off. Um, they they built a shop. They lived out of that for a couple of months. You know, prior to that, they were camping to figure out where they wanted to build the shop. And then eventually uh, they went to like um, auction and they won this uh, home built by the Amish. Long I think story it's short. worth <laughs> noting that my dad went to the Amish auction to actually get mashed potatoes and gravy because they were so good. <laughs> and he went and he, and he accidentally, he didn't accidentally, he got caught up and he bid on a house and won the cabin. Are you serious? <laughs> which was, yeah, erected by the Amish community, okay. which um, when they lived in a different yeah, part of Montana, um, yeah, they, they were really great friends with the Amish. So they thought, this is amazing. Let's yeah. definitely, you know, do this. So they, before, you know, they were the first ones to have a very comfortable, like, living and situation. And when we arrived, as Garrett mentioned, like a year later, we had nothing. And we were just kind of like, you know, mooching off of them, if you will. And eventually, I guess it was uh, you, you built the shanty yeah, all yeah. by yourself. Yeah, I just, uh, I felt like I went down to this kind of like area and I was like, something has to be here. And so uh, at the time, like 100 square feet was permitted by the county. And, um, you know, I just try to get my... Uh, my hands dirty a little bit, get a little bit more experience with the construction. And dad would come down there, poke down there every now and then and say, hey, you're messing this up, do this. And then go back to what he's doing. <laughs> and, <I'm> like, <"Okay." laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I just learned through that and um, just really enjoyed kind of doing that and using materials on the land. Like most of the wood that's in our units uh, comes from the land. Mm. Uh, if a tree's fallen, we take it down and we mill it. And the choices cuts become lumber for um, some like siding and stuff. And, uh, cuts that don't make the the grade they become firewood so wow um we just try to yeah we try to live off the lands as is the best we can in the 21st century so um down there in this like kind of holler we call it hubcap holler because uh we don't take ourselves too seriously but <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, i just built this eight by twelve and it was uh, a place that we lived out of for a couple summers and then we stored stuff out of it and i brewed beer out of it and and this thing is was so so basic yeah. you know just bare essentials like off grid like very minimal kind of camping basically situation you know loft up to up top 
most of the time was just spent on the property, like chopping down trees and you know making sure the forest was healthy and what have you. We for for reference, we call it Unabomber Deluxe. <laughs> Unabomber <laughs> Deluxe. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, before we dressed her up a little bit and uh, put on Airbnb, but tongue in cheekly, that does make our literature, and people have a good laugh about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, honestly, the shanty um, after we built, uh, like now we call her the Commons area. Um, it used to be called the barn where we have an apartment. Um, so for a couple of summers, the shanty, our first unit was just sitting there kind of, you know, lonesome and um, abandoned, if you will. He was brewing beer out of it for a little bit, but then he stopped. Anywho, um, I just figured, you know, being a city person, um, we don't have places like this, not even in Delaware. Delaware is very flat. Mm. Uh, you know, in Odessa, it's very, it's very amazing to live in the forest or just to spend any time in nature. So one day I just said, wouldn't it be weird if we just like, I don't know, put it on Airbnb and everybody together said, no. We, we howled, we howled yes. at her. So yeah. that is the worst idea I've ever heard. Literally, this is the worst <laughs> idea ever. And it was kind of like, you know, my first idea and I didn't take it seriously. Nobody took it seriously, but I was like, hmm, okay, you know, well, whatever. But then somehow they kind of, you know, they gave me an opportunity to take some photos and I was into photography. I am into photography and uh, well, they kind of humored me yeah. to just put it up there just to <laughs> see what happens. It was like, okay, in your perfect, okay, all right, humor us. How would people do this? How would people do that? How would we pitch it? And then like the wheels started spinning. And then I was like, well, you know, if we threw a solar panel on the side of it, people kind of into alternative energy and it could be kind of like a learning experience for people, like how people used to live before yeah. we had all these new things. And wow, we might actually have something here. And then, you know, we dressed her up a little bit and I was just look how bad and uh and don't forget because he's a home brewer he was like let's give them some free beer <laughs> there so you go can forget about the yeah, experience yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was like that's how the free beer thing came about people were like what's up the free sours and, and barley wines i was like honestly it just just to keep people licked so you know they would forgive <laughs> so they write my, better uh, reviews <laughs> yeah exactly just to, you know so it kind of overlooked some of the the building faux pas and uh maybe some of the things that we don't have but so it's stuck you know anyways it's, it's become a thing and um yeah i mean people like it and i i love providing for them and uh, so it's just a good joke between us now but and we still honestly we still remember like our first guests at the shanty his name was gert and he's like a doctor out of the Netherlands and him and his girlfriend or wife, uh, they came out and he was fantastic. He was really like into being in the woods, in nature. Uh, he would like run down up and down the hill doing his exercises and like come back and drink some like vodka Smirnoffs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was such a character that we were like, oh my God, this is hilarious, amazing and just wonderful just to have this experience with these yeah. people from abroad. Yeah, if you, if you need a visual, it looked like Bull from Night Court. It oh was a bizarre, you know, him, watching him slam Mike's hard lemonades and being all sweaty with his shirt off, this European guy. But um, no, it's like from there we got the hook because we were like, well, if this is our first guest, who are we going to meet thereafter? So. Right, so just having really unique stories and spending time with people from all over the world as well as around the country. And of course, getting paid was like, huh, okay. There's something you know, here, yeah. Make, great yeah. money but the first summer was not bad it surprised all of us 
and then it kind of went from there. And we we took that money and just kind of reinvested it back into the homestead and made it better. So like, you know, it's everybody wins. People get a unique experience and we get to put it back into the property. And, you know, with construction costs, it doesn't feel like we're hemorrhaging money every time we go to Home Depot, you know, over the last two years. Yes. Um, But yeah, that's how it all came about. And every now and again, then Allah brings it up. It's like, oh, this was a bad idea, wasn't it? And uh, so I, I get to eat that one uh, every now and then. But uh, to answer your question, my nobody's involved in hospitality. We're just super well-traveled. And um, it's just uh, the homestead is an amalgamation of all the things we picked up along our traveling. And I think uh, that's something that new hosts and people that are new to it that aren't well-traveled will really underestimate when they try to put something together. And I think it shows in the reviews uh, that you'll see on like Airbnb and uh, hip camp is that like, yeah, it, you have to like walk the walk to kind of. Yeah. One of the coolest compliments yeah. we hear is like, wow, you guys have thought of everything. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, yeah, because, you know, we get to spend time off or like away from the business. Uh, we come back to Korea uh, and then we're thinking and yeah. we're planning and we're you know, always like strategizing, like, hmm, what should we do now? How can we change that or fix that? And uh, yeah, that's kind of like our little baby that we're always growing, always thinking about. Yeah. What's so interesting about what you all are doing and what, what why I think this is such a fantastic idea is, you know, we're, my, my wife and I have spent the last year living on Airbnb full time, living in like new places every, uh, every week or so. And, um, you know, it's, it's it's been it's been this amazing privilege and uh it's been really really fun we've learned just a ton and um but one of the things that we've noticed as um you know we we spend a lot of time sorting through airbnbs trying to figure out where we want to go what we want to do why we want to do it and there is um there is just something special when you encounter something like the homestead where it's like okay this is different there, there's something unique happening here there are these tiny cabins um and it's a little bit more rustic it's a little bit more like a, a glamping experience but hey like we've had like we've stayed in the city like we've stayed in like you know the the beach house like why not try this thing out right um and i, I what's so cool i think about just short-term rentals in general is there's this and, and really just i think how travel is evolving this idea of staying in unique places and really sort of trading maybe five-star luxuries for a five-star experience like this mm-hmm. is becoming exciting to people like people actually crave that they don't want to go stay at the ritz carlton like they want to go and they want to try something that none of their friends have done or try something that's going to put them in a little bit of like a, a you know uh, test sort of how well do I actually relate with nature? Like how much do I love my creature comforts or not? Right. And so <laughs> I love what you guys are doing because I think there's just a growing market of travelers who are seeking something unique and something different. And you guys are getting to like build that, uh, in real time. So yeah. how do you, uh, you, so we talked about the shanty and that was your first property. And then sort of you, you build the blind and the a-frame uh, and I think you have another one underway right, right now or so. So talk to us a little bit about these uh, these cabins and how did you like did you pretty much go from zero to 60? Did you how long did it take to build and then how long from building did it take to list on um, Airbnb and other uh, short term rental sites? Walk us through like I guess how quickly it evolved from one place into a number of places. Well, I think uh, I'll preface what you're about to say. Um, something to consider is because of our schedule, like we work at universities. So anything that we have to do for the next Airbnb season is basically done in August the previous year. Got so it, when yeah. all came up, yeah, yeah. So we're like, 
uber planners. And so when Allah came up with the shanty thing, okay, besides it being a dumb idea, what do we have to do? And we go, okay, all right, this might work, but we have to take pictures before we even leave. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't even a done deal when we took the pictures in August. We're like, okay, we know we have to have good pictures. We'll take the pictures. I still see us talking ourselves out of this because I don't think it's going to work, but at least we had the pictures. <laughs> and then so we sat on that until Christmas and pieced it together. But then um, the different units kind of came as a result of our uh, just building, you know, coming across different materials and um, learning a little bit more about building. And- Honestly, we, uh, sorry to interrupt, we um, we didn't have any plans to build yeah. any more units outside mm. of the shanty because we were like, cool, you know, shanty is going to be rented um fantastic um and then uh we had like some crazy weird like wind come through the property a hundred miles an hour yeah 100 miles an hour and it kind of like knocked down some some buildings that we had in the vicinity my my sister's uh my sister had a lean-to that was knocked down and so uh the insurance yeah yeah it was 100 mile an hour in the same week we had a 5.5 earthquake which the shanty survived flawlessly wow incredible incredible yeah, the airbnb my dad was like hey did you feel that earthquake last night and i was like no he goes well you should go check out an airbnb so i went down there and i said hey are you all right she goes yeah why i said i guess we had an earthquake last night she goes oh i just thought it was a bear so <laughs> <laughs> i mean like that's the kind of stuff we did. but uh in the same week we had this uh, microburst and it blew down my sister-in-law or my sister's uh, lean-to insurance adjuster came out and uh they're they were like, where are you guys taking this? And said, oh, it's all garbage. And I said, well, we'll clean it up. It's my sister. You know, we'll do a good job. And they said, yeah, I guess we want it. So we yeah, came across just, all this material. They were going to take it uh, to, to the, the dump. dump. Wow. Where we were like, well, this is like good stuff. Good stuff we probably yeah. reuse, it for, reuse it for something. And uh, it was plenty to be like, well, this could be like a tiny something, tiny shed, you know, anything. And um, someone mentioned a cabin. And I was like, you know. There was this really, really cute cabin that I saw on Pinterest because I'm like a Pinterest, you know, lover. And I'm always using uh, that site for my photography. And I was like, you know, it was kind of like a triangle thing. And let me see if I can find it. Well, I found it. Mm -hmm. And uh, luckily we could buy the plans for it. So the designer, Derek Dietrichson, uh, he sells plans. So this A-frame uh, was super, super easy for us to build because like each step was laid out. And, you know, with the experience we already had building, uh, basically just went up in three weeks and I documented all of it. I put it up on my blog and holy moly, this thing went viral. Wow. And it was crazy. <laughs> yeah. And uh, because uh, the guy's payment process didn't work so well on his website, we, we contacted him and said, hey, we're building your thing. Um, can you send it to us directly? Cause your payment thing isn't working. So we kind of had an open dialogue. And so when we finished it, my parents were like, wow, this is really cool. I think it's going to go somewhere. And we didn't think anything of it. We were just kind of messing around. Cause you know, we we're 40% booked in the shanty and we thought that was a big deal. And, uh, so we're like, well, whatever, we'll build an A-frame and we built an A-frame and my parent, my dad was like, this is really cool. I think this is really cool. This is special. And so all with the photos, she took some photos. And since we had an open dialogue with, uh, Deke, um, because of the the non-payment thing with those plans, we were like, hey, man, we wrote to you about three weeks ago getting the plans. Um, here's our thing. We know that you post stuff on, on your website. Maybe you're not interested or, you know, if, if this values you in any way, feel free to take the pictures and run with it. And anyways, long story short, it blew up on like 60 websites, uh, wow. YouTube. Dillow's come out. Uh, Kirsten Dirksen has come out. Uh, Airbnb, obviously, uh, the way that you found us 
yeah. us came out this past summer and uh it was all kind of accidental and uh we just kind of went with it and yeah who knew man it's weird the internet's weird the internet <laughs> is weird wow so okay i want to you know i, I want to talk a little bit about you too because you clearly uh you are really good at working together um and you know you are you're married you live in a foreign country together you spend a lot of time together it's not you know true most most like spouses or partners right like they have they they struggle to work together right and also like do the rest of life together um and i'm curious like how do you guys how do you guys balance this how do you do this well like um are there any like tips or tricks uh for how to you know run a business or, or businesses with your with your partner that you can impart on us and my, my wife and i are have started a couple uh little side hustles with, like with this podcast and spontaneous which is a weekly newsletter that we send out and uh the showroom which is our own little collection of specialty uh uh short-term rentals and i mean it's hard man like we fight we, <laughs> we spend most mornings talking about this and then most evenings kind of like fighting a little bit about it and then we forgive each other and then the next morning we're talking about it again and the next evening we're kind of you know fighting about something right or arguing about something so how do you guys do it like what works well um uh, when it comes to sort of co-hosting and co-running a business together well you know we're, we, we're always together like we're working we work at the same university together we're obviously living together traveling together like there's so much time that we spend together that Honestly, like there's very little time to disagree <laughs> and argue. <laughs> I guess we just talk things through and always work on improving our communication with each other and with others. And this guy, Garrett, I mean, he's crazy. He's like the most upbeat person that I know other than his dad. Uh, so it's just really hard to be angry at him. He's always smiling and he's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> it's that simple. You just got to be cute. You just got to be cute. It's that simple. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. You, you win more fly or, you know, you attract more bees with honey or flies with honey. So, uh, I don't know. I, I just feel like the world's got a lot of misery in it and I don't want to contribute to that. And I have a, I have a very privileged life. And, um, so yeah, I don't know. Like I've been to a lot of poor countries where people have legitimate gripes, like where yeah. their next meal is going to come from sort of stuff. So that really puts it in perspective of how lucky I am. So I don't, yeah, I, I don't really complain about anything, uh, nor do I feel like I have a lot to complain about. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm just grateful. And uh, yeah, to be honest, Allah's great. She's wonderful. We've been married like Aww. 12 years or something like that. Ridiculous. I don't, <laughs> I don't even know. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, like, this is a, a, a courtesy I get is when I'm hung over at the homestead, I get a free pass. And like you, the, one of the questions was about like, you know, how is this different than a regular job or how you guys spend so much time together? And um, I, you know, I don't get that kind I of liberty. At, I yeah. don't get that liberty at work. <laughs> so He's a home brewer. We drink a lot. There you go. Hey, I know. I now I'm sad that we're not having this interview in person because I would like to try your home <laughs> brew. Right. So I, I I'm curious about your parents' involvement. So obviously you guys bought the land together, and on your website you I from what I gathered anyways, like you guys co-host with your parents. So you guys are there a couple months out of the year, and then or a couple months out of the summer, and then they're there another couple months out of the summer. So how has that dynamic worked? Like. Do your parents, um, do they enjoy, do they handle like all the Airbnb communications? Or are you guys still doing that and they're just kind of physically there? Or how does, how does that work? 
Uh, it's uh, interesting when they started, they were a little bit, when we all started the Airbnb thing, they were a little bit reluctant uh, because, you know, part of the reason that you buy 130 acres is to kind of be away from, away from people. people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, that said, as Allah said, my dad and my parents are very friendly people. So they were kind of like a little bit reluctant. Um, but when they saw the caliber of people coming and those people just literally wanted to be outside and enjoy that for three or four days and people... Man, like we're not working at the tax office where you get people at their worst. You're getting people on vacation. Yeah. People are, drive in yeah. and literally there was a girl like just driving in. She hasn't even like pulled in, but she was screaming. She was like, oh, my God. <laughs> it's amazing. And she just kept screaming. Yeah. And we were like, wow, this is, you know, the energy that she's yeah. bringing here. And it makes us super excited. And she's excited. It's just all around love. So when my parents saw that, they were like, okay, I get it now. And then like from going from very reluctant to like, they're, they're jacked to host. It's, it's pretty crazy. They're like super pumped because winter is long up there. Yeah. And uh, yeah, when the spring thaw comes out, uh, they get to set it up and um, yeah, you know, the kids come back and it keeps them young because most of our guests are uh, younger than us even, but um, yeah, um, they, they start it, they open it May, then we come mid-june take over the reins then we go to late august and then they take it over and you know they they get a very handsome split out of the profit so it's not all just uh you know it's not unicef stuff here so, yeah yeah um, they're making some money too so they you know they take it very seriously and it's a reflection on all of our names uh so we take it seriously in that capacity but um and our guests are always calling them mom yeah. mom and dad mom and dad <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> they that's definitely cool. have that energy about them but the uh the thing that you're asking about um like kind of you know hosting with them in the learning process that um they take orders surprisingly well, i don't want to call it orders that's a really bad word <laughs> direction <laughs> direction <laughs> yeah. yes direction <laughs> uh, very well and you know what like the first 37 years of my life i was you know taking instruction and direction from them so it's kind of weird to be like, okay, uh, this is what I need you to do. And then they'll be like, well, why? And not like in a challenging way. I think they're legitimately curious. Um, you know, the hosting thing's kind of like a, an iceberg. There's what you see on top, the hosting and all that stuff. But then there's the the levers that you got to pull behind with the, the calendars and the syncing and the, the pictures. Pictures are so important. People don't read captions. So then you got to come up with captions in the pictures and um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that goes it, it, that they're not privy to, but they're like really wanting to learn. So um, they listen qu quite well. Like this is what we're doing. This is why they're doing it. And um, they're like, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. And um, they understand enough about the digital world to understand that they don't know a lot about the digital world. There you so, go. Hey, that's yeah. yeah. They're happy to have us. Yeah. So, wow, that's yeah, that's incredible. Um, and and do they like? Are they, um, do, I guess when you think about reviews or even as you just, I, I assume you guys share sort of a, an Airbnb account for kind of like communications and whatnot, or like, I guess. They're is, co oh, they're co-hosts. Okay. Yeah. So is mm -hmm. there like, do you guys ever get on each other for like, Hey, like, you know, dad, you were a little too blunt there or like, hey, you know, <laughs> add an exclamation point and an emoji, like next time you respond <laughs> or like, are there, are there any sort of like back and forth, like on like, Hey, let's communicate uh, this way 100%. with our town. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, well, no, not about the reviews. Yeah. Well, there's a game, there's some gamesmanship in the reviews. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I got, oh, you know, that one from Catherine, that's my high watermark in 2021. Well, what, yes. Well, we received from the guests, yeah. but I think our competition, which is not really a competition, is like what we have, I don't know, received from the guests 
in other ways. So like sometimes guests draw us like pictures to say thank you mm. or even like, you know, monetary tips or, you know, something like that. Um, there was this one couple, they worked for Bose and mom and dad invited them over. This was like May, it was cold. They invited them over to their house for some dinner. And mom and dad have like an old Bose speaker. So these two guys, they're like, oh, we work for Bose. How do you guys like your speaker? And they said, oh, you know, it's quite old. Like, it's not as good as it used to be. And they're like, okay, okay. In a couple of months, they sent them a brand new speaker. <laughs> no way. So that's like yeah. a tip, the amazing yeah. tip that they got. So they always say like, ooh, did you ever get a Bose speaker too? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a wonderful story. So uh, yeah. on uh, on that note, like any other just like quick, like favorite stories of uh, times where you've had guests that were especially memorable? Oh, there's so many. Oh, my goodness. We've had like over 450 guests. Um, let's see. I would probably pick. What would you say? I'm going to I'll go first. Anybody that's comfortable going uh, barefoot around our property and the nudity thing. Uh, we've got a couple of people. That are like, <laughs> <laughs> we had this Englishman. Uh, he showed up and he was hitting around like in England. You don't have that much privacy. And we had two units. And he was like, hey, what about the other unit there? Is anybody in there? I said, no. And he was all like, man, something about being naked. And I was like, you know, if you're looking to hike naked, you could do that. Nobody's going to care, man. It's a victimless crime. And so he's like, really? I was like, yeah, you can hike. So he, he put on his hiking boots and he hiked around naked. And uh, that so is... that was a big thing for him. Obviously, he'll always remember the homestead fondly. Oh, um, my God. That is hilarious. That is hilarious. And like no issues. Like he didn't run into somebody who <laughs> freaked oh, <no>. out. <laughs> no, no. See, that's the thing. It's uh, it's pretty obvious how how isolated we are. And um, another one was a guy, a local guy from the east. And he, he used the place as a rendezvous location with his, his lady friend. And they were just drinking up a storm and we have the hot tub there. 8 a.m. I'm going out to fix something. And he shows up in his terry cloth robe coming up the hill there. Champagne bottle on one hand, two plastic cups in the other. And he's like, hey, I'm like, hey, good morning. And he's like, hey, man, good morning. And right about as he lifts up his hands to say good morning, a, a twig catches his terry cloth robe and peels it right off. He's, you know, <laughs> naked as a tree bird and his girlfriend's behind him. And she's like, oh, he's already wasted. And he didn't even try to pick up his rope. It's like, all right, well, have a good day. And just headed to the hot tub completely naked. So it was wasted. Oh, yeah, it was wasted. <laughs> but like, I'll never forget him. And he came back. He had such a good time. He came back. So um, I guess like the homestead thing is like the way we host is that we're just genuine. And, you know, like we want people to have a good time. And if being naked outside is like your definition of good time, absolutely go for it. Because, you know, it, it doesn't it's a victimless crime. People get all up in arms about different things. But like, oh, I'm offended. It's like. I don't give a shit. Like make the homestead what you what your vacation, you know, just don't burn the place down. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go from a different uh, perspective. So not not the nudist route. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> not the nudist route. Um, so uh, this past summer, uh, one of the guests from California, they rented a car and one of the, their tires uh, blew and they, they came in and they said, hey, can you guys help us? Do you know how to change a tire? Because we don't. So Gary was like, yeah, of course, uh, hop into my car, we'll, we'll go and get it. And uh, he fixed his tire and he was so thankful. He said, uh, I would like to invite you guys for a barbecue. Okay. So they cooked some food for us and we were like, wait, are you serious? It was like a three course <laughs> homemade meal of like filet mignon and like all these, you know, 
upper crust, I don't know, meats. And we were just like, this is amazing. Are you a cook? Are you a chef? And he said, no, no, I'm just like. He studied at some Michelin restaurant in Paris. When he said barbecue, I was thinking Johnsonville's, man, on, on the BBQ there. But uh, yeah. yeah, he went and got some custom cuts of meat and had the, the meat thermometer out and the, the whole nine yards. He went to mom's garden. He picked up some like, spices and herbs. And yeah, he just went all out just to say thank you. And we were so thankful as well. Like, really? <laughs> yeah. But, like, that's. That's the cool thing about hosting is like whenever somebody comes down that road, uh, it's what I imagine going on a daily blind date would be. You mm -hmm. never know who you're going to meet. And 99% uh, of the time, they're amazing. And they're people that we wouldn't, you know, cross paths with in real life. Because mm -hmm. like, how do you as an adult person, how do you like, hey, man, like, I want to make a friend. It's like, that's kind of weird. But yeah. we have something in common that we want to be outside. And, uh, and it's just a catalyst, like the energy and just hanging out and being in a beautiful place. It's just a catalyst for conversation and friendship. And um, no, it's just been amazing. We've met people from all over the country that we'll see again, no doubt, no doubt. And some people take the, the disconnection um, from, you know, daily lives very seriously. They don't use their phones. They, they kind of just like forget to reconnect um, and they just hang out. They want to hang out by the fire. We're drinking, we're chatting, you know, for hours, watching the stars. It's just amazing. It's beautiful to be able to chat and reconnect. And especially during times like these. Yeah. yeah with, with, with the COVID thing, uh, before the COVID thing, we were more like, we'd ask people, you know, Hey, what do you got planned? I'm like, Oh, we're going to go to the park. We're going to do this. It was always a way, you know, we're going to go do this. We're going to go check out town with COVID people come up the driveway. Like, Hey, what do you got planned? Like, this yeah. is what I'm doing. Yeah. I got like a cooler beer sitting right here. Yeah. Like, I ain't leaving, dude. This hammock is mine. Yeah. <laughs> they say they claim the hammocks and yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that's so awesome. And uh just a testament to you to like our own experience where of all the places that we've stayed, staying on places where um properties where the host is there, like in like a separate house or um, you know, a guest house, whatever it might be. It, it really does make all the difference. And I feel like the care and concern and, and love that's sort of like poured into the space is just significantly better because again, they're right there. Uh, they're right next door. And so of all the places, uh, you know, that, that we've gone back to, they've been places where we establish relationships with the hosts and we now consider them like very good friends, right? Almost like part of, part of the family. Um, and we would have never met these people had we not, you know, booked through Airbnb and stayed at their place. And so uh, I think hospitality, there's a difference between like a stay and an experience uh, and the the host that nail the experience, I think that's what makes all the difference. Because um, at the end of the day, especially in these times, like people are hungry for connection. Uh, and yeah. what better way to connect with somebody than sitting around their campfire and talking about <laughs> the place that you guys built that they are now staying in, right? There's something incredibly unique and special about that. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Like, I think when Airbnb was started, that's what they were kind of, I mean, maybe that was the idea of it. And now you got people, you know, buying houses and now you get the zoning things and yeah. rental arbitrage. And it just feels so soulless, man. I, I don't feel like that was the way, it, you know, it was supposed to be. And luckily for us, like, um, you know, we're it's very organic. Like, this is the way we couldn't host any other way, to be honest with you. Like, this is us. Mm -hmm. Like, if you said, okay, do what you're doing, but go over here and do it this way. I'm not a good actor. I'm a shit actor. Mm -hmm. I do it. <laughs> Honestly, this past summer, we had some guests stay with us. And um, like, we don't normally ask people like, oh, what do you do? But like throughout their stay, maybe day two, 
um, we inquired like, so, you know, what do you do for a living? And um, the boyfriend mentioned, uh, my girlfriend works for Airbnb. And I was like, oh no, I mean, shoot, like, are they, you know, are they spies? Yeah. <laughs> What's happening? Are they like, you know, some kind of operation where, you know, they're like snooping, but they, they left and they seem to have had a great time. And then of course, you know, very uh, anticipating the, the reviews. And it was amazing. And she said, you guys or your place is exactly what Airbnb is about. Mm. And we're like, sweet. Thank you. Thank you so much. Because <laughs> oh, even if she awesome. didn't say that, we would still be doing it the yeah. way that we like to do it and the way that we think uh, it should be done, you know, with love and generosity and care and all those great things. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, well, I, I have just one final question for you both, um, which is around sort of the future, right? So you guys are clearly, you've got your, you're working in Korea, you've got this uh, other operation, this other business in Montana. Um, you guys seem like very creative people. Ali, you've got your uh, photography stuff going on. You've got your blog going on, right? Like, you, uh, you know, Garrett, you've got your homebrewing. You guys are like, constantly like tinkering with like lots of different things it, it it appears um so i have to ask like are there plans to like grow the homestead are there other ventures that you guys want to start in the short-term rental or travel space and or you know what what ideas if any are are sort of like percolating right now that you're hoping to explore further when when time allows um, we have a fourth unit that we're going to build uh, for the next season there and um, just kind of hammering away at different homestead things, adding amenities, you know, making it uh, just trying to make it the best experience. Like, as you mentioned before, it's all about the experience. Like, obviously, dude, like our units are eight by 10. Like, it's not it's not Ritz Carlton. So <laughs> <laughs> they're not the cistern chapels of the, of the West. So um, but it's, it's more than the, the, some of its parts, you know, uh, it's the other thing. So we like kind of, kind of hammer away at that and make it a, a seamless and smooth experience for people that really wallow them from start to finish, even the literature that we put out and the messages and just having the timing rights and, uh, the Instagram stuff, like, you know, on the Instagram, we try to paint a very brutally honest picture. We're not trying to fluff anybody to come to our place we don't want to trick anybody so the the homestead's going to kind of be capped at a fourth unit because uh, it's a mom and pop operation it's just me and her doing it and we don't want it to become a drag we don't want it to become soulless we don't want it to become yeah. something that we dread and uh, we're just sticking to it uh, it's worked thus far people love it we love it and we don't really see any reason to change the uh, special herbs and spices and honestly we just we kind of want to look back uh, when it's all said and done and we're old and gray and just be like, wow, that was such a fun ride. So like thinking about that, thinking about our legacy, if you will, we've been slowly working on a book. Kind wow. of like what is the homestead, is, uh, how uh, homestead came up to be. And uh, also just um, like as well, working on a YouTube channel because we feel like uh, it's so amazing to be in nature, whether you are at the homestead or if you're just tuning in online, just to listen to the birds and the squirrels and the thunder and the rain. Hey, and it's, it's I'm doing, peaceful. I'm doing that for me when we're in Korea and we're in like a city of 1.5 million. I watch our like our, our view. We have this beautiful view and she's got an hour footage of it 
and it's just a view at sunset. I watch that sometimes because you know it's <laughs> awesome. It used to be both of our uh, like screensavers yeah. on our computers, uh, so it was just a picture. But uh, this past summer, we were like, no, let's just record some videos because I have the equipment, and that's what we've been doing. We've been recording videos and hoping to share them, of course, but also just remembering what an amazing place it is. Wow, so well said, so well said, um, and. You know, keep doing what you guys are doing. It's special. It stands out. Uh, it's exciting, and it, and really, I, I think like the it, it's really you two, right? And and your your parents and sort of like the family story behind all of this and that adds this like extra layer of specialness uh, to to all of this. So. Thank you both so much for for your time, for coming on, for sharing your story. Uh, we'll have links to uh, the Homestead in the show notes and uh, to your website in the show notes and any other links to Instagram, YouTube that you guys might want. Oh. But uh, if, if folks uh, want to just kind of contact you directly to to, to inquire about um, availability and or just ask any follow-up questions, maybe there's a short-term rental uh, host out there that wants to build something similar to the A-frame, right? What's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Uh, we have a website, and that's probably the best way for us, uh, thehomestead.com. Perfect. Uh, for the spelling, it's H-O-H-N. H-O-H-N, yes. And again, we'll have that so, linked below, too, so it's easy yeah. for you to click on if you're listening to this on your phone. Um, well, Garrett, Ala, thank you so much. This has been so fun, uh, and I, I want to keep going. Uh, so we'll have to reconnect, and uh, I look forward to the day where, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> oh gosh, got a little You're bug in my throat up, there. I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm emotional already, man. <laughs> I, and I haven't even had it. It's you know, I haven't even had a beer yet from you. It's so time I can't. For yeah, I know, I know. Well, it's 1030 here. Exactly, man. exactly. It's socially acceptable for you, not for me quite yet. So, um, but no. But in all seriousness, thank you so much for your time. This has been wonderful, and uh, chat soon. Sounds good. And we would love to have you at the homestead. You're always welcome. Hey friends, hope you've enjoyed today's show. If you are an Airbnb host or know an Airbnb host who'd like to come on the show, please send me an email at Zach, Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com and we will chat. Behind the Stays is brought to you each week by Spontaneous, a carefully curated weekly newsletter that brings you the best last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. It's sort of like Scott's cheap flights, but for Airbnb. You can sign up once again for free at spontaneous.com. Last, but certainly not least, I didn't believe in Marie Kondo's whole spark joy mantra until I started podcasting. Now, my joy is sparked every time I see a new subscriber roll in. So please hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode, and so you add a little spark to my joy fire today. Okay, that was kind of weird, but um, we're gonna roll with it. Subscribe, um, and thanks in advance. All right, everyone, see you next time.